Hello and welcome to the Wisconsin Drunken History Podcast. We are your hosts, Eric Sturgeon. And I'm Russell Sorry. This podcast is about all things Wisconsin, history, music, and culture. While drinking a few brews. Though we don't often use strong language, the jokes and the content is not intended for young audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Before we begin the episode, we have to give a huge shout out to the Dangits from Madison, Wisconsin for providing us with great bluegrass intro you hear at the beginning of every episode. The song Razzle was written by Jamie Lampkins, but is performed by on behalf of Tom Wasselchuk and the Dangits. If you have a chance, check these guys out at dang-its.com for upcoming shows, music, or on how to book them for weddings, parties, and etc. Thank you for listening. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Wisconsin Drunken History Podcast. We are your hosts, Eric. And I'm Rose. We want to thank everyone for tuning in. Remember to like, subscribe, rate, and review. Um, Get in there and interact on some of our posts. I know we don't post a whole bunch, but get in there. You know, when we do, uh, you know, leave a bunch of comments. Let us know what you think. Um, So today we will be discussing our state flag and explaining the meaning behind some of the symbols and uh, icons that are that are seen on it. Uh, we also have some more proper city pronunciations and their origins. We have more great music from Life in a Tree. Another how many local you at? A Wisconsin beverage review. And an interview with Zymergy. Great. Great. So we have all seen the unique Wisconsin state flag, and I'm sure you wondered why it looks so much different than the other simple state flags. In the past few years, there has actually been talks of changing the state flag to a more simplified version like Colorado and Arizona's. I personally hope that they don't, because there, there is a lot of imagery on that flag and a lot of deep meanings that actually tell the, the history of our state's past. And so I'm going to break down kind of uh, part by part the flag um, what each little symbol means, and I have to give a massive shout-out to the Wisconsin Project from WPR. Huge shout-out. Yeah, they actually were the ones who broke this down. They had an expert on the show, and uh, I, I didn't copyright it. Like, I didn't copy everything over, but I actually, yeah. like, reworded everything to kind of explain it in our own words. Just to give you kind of the heads-up, you can learn a little bit about the flag, a little bit about the history, why there's things on there that are on there. So, so here's a little history of the flag and the blue background. The Wisconsin state flag was adopted in 1913, and that year is important because that was the 50th anniversary of the Civil War. And there are a whole bunch of other states that adopted a state flag during this era, right before World War I, actually. So the blue background, this represents the traits like wisdom, truth, trust. But in 1913, what was really important, blue represents loyalty. If you look at the other state flags that have the blue field, these are the states of the old Union during the Civil War. The old Yanks, if you will. The old Yanks. A minor, Give a it the old yank. The old Yankee. What's your What's your favorite little rascal? <laughs> Alfalfa or Spanky? So yeah, the, that was Spanky, not Yankee, by the way. He did say what? Oh no! What's your well, favorite? This is Chris oh, Harley. Oh my God! I messed it up so bad. What's your favorite baseball team or something? The and, Yankees. Yeah, who's your favorite baseball? That's uh, um, Tommy Boy. Yeah. For those of you listening, this for anybody listening right now who stayed tuned in. Uh, that was <laughs> <laughs> that was a uh, a Yankee. reference back to the Tommy Boy movie with Chris Farley and David Spade. Uh, there is a scene at a hotel where um, Chris Farley talks about uh, David Spade's favorite 
baseball team? Is he it catches, the Yankees? He catches David Speed, David Spade, <laughs> David Speed spanking in the he, hotel yeah, room. He he ended up catching uh, David Spade in a very uh, compromised position, and says, "What's your favorite baseball team? Is it the Yankees? Who's your favorite little rascal? Is it Alfalfa or Spanky?" Exactly. Good. All right, All right back to we're the moving flag. On. Back to the flag. <laughs> so the next symbology is a minor, a sailor, and the badger. And at the very top of the state, the state model forward uh, that was adopted by state legislature in 1851, just three years after the statehood, in fact, um, beneath the mod- motto is a re- relatively small badger, the mammal, not Bucky Badger. The miner is a reflection of the early Wisconsin history, lead and zinc mining in the Driftless area. Uh, also, the copper mining in northern Wisconsin that was happening, the iron mining. But it's really about work. It's a tribute to Wisconsin's workers and not necessarily just the miner. You know, like we want to promote manufacturing in this in their in our in our state, and yeah. we really do. I mean, look at all the great companies. I mean, you you can name them: uh, Briggs, Generac, Mercury, uh, Mercury, Case International. I mean, we have Paul Harnish figure. Yeah, huge stuff. And the sailor obviously makes perfect sense, especially since when you consider that um, the 19th century, more than a thousand miles of Wisconsin coastline on Lake Michigan and Superior, and the importance of commerce. And we had an episode about piracy. I mean, it was such a big commerce that people there were actually pirates. Yeah. On the on the lake. On yeah, on Lake Michigan. So the next is the golden seal of trades. Between the miner and the sailor is a golden seal that has symbols of the four different trades: navigation, manufacturing, like we talked about, the arm and hammer. There is the mining, which is a pickaxe and a shovel, and agriculture, which is the plow. Look at all that agriculture. And then the middle of the shield is a small red, white, and blue coat of arms. And surrounding the coat of arms is the national motto, E Pluribus Unum, one of the many and recognition of our role in a larger nation. So yeah. we're just one of many states kind of thing. So, And you could see that on, the, uh, on some of the, uh, the currency in the United States, the penny for sure. Uh, e pluribus unum is uh, is something that we use basically widely in the United States. Yeah, exactly. So, like, we're going to go over the next one, which is the lead and the horn of plenty, which or the cornucopia, if you will. And directly beneath the miner is a pyramid stack of 13 lead ingots. This is a little bit of the mining history, a little bit of economic boosterism and the state mineral resources. But 13 is important because it represents the 13 original col- colonies. The corp- cornucopia is a central look at Wisconsin's agriculture. Overflowing out of the corn- cornucopia, you have grapes, apples, and what looks like oranges. Now, they are not oranges. So I, we don't actually have oranges in the state. So no. maybe they're trying to get at like a nectarine or something, which grow pretty prevalent here. I don't know. Yeah, and it was kind exactly of one sure thing that, that they kind of like maybe needs to be cropped out. Let's yeah. be honest. But we do have grapes. They actually. should replace that with beer. Actually, that'd be great. Yeah, a can of Miller Lite. Like, have you ever seen, uh, Charlie Barron's has a, a rendition of the state flag with, that says keep her moving on it. And it I has like, it has it, the yeah. miner and the sailor with a beer in their hand. I think we need to modify this thing. Yeah. I think, I think an adaptation with, uh, some, some beer and some love for, uh, cranberries or something like that would be necessary. But this is a breakdown of like the main things you're going to see in our state flag. It's kind of wild. It's, you know, if you look at you know, in, the, in an encyclopedia or even on Wikipedia at all the state flags, Wisconsin's really does stand out. It's like your old school coat of arms that you'd see in like Europe. Actually. I think, I think what's nice about it is it, it really does. It, it pays homage to and, uh, and makes notice of, I mean, why we're a state, how we began its earliest, uh, you know, functions of a state. Uh, it definitely is, uh, 
um, a really nice symbolic feature for the state of Wisconsin. I mean, as much as I love the uh, California state flag with the bear and the uh, Colorado state flag, as you mentioned before, with the sea and some mountains, it's great. Uh, don't get me wrong, but those can be used more as city flags. As you know, uh, Milwaukee has a brand new city flag that is absolutely phenomenal. The Brewers have uh, have have taken uh, notice of that and and used it on many of their different hats and uniforms, uh, as well as like Chicago. Um, I think there's four stars, two red lines, top and bottom. The the stars are like this light blue color, and they go horizontally across. Uh, and, and a lot of these cities have done really cool flags using some neat color schemes and stuff that are uh, symbolic of the city. But this state flag, I think, needs to be left untouched, like you said. I, I love it. I, it. You know, it's kind of wild, but at the same time, it's just our state history. Yeah. You know, we, we especially the mining, which played such a big part. We lost countless number of lives lead mining or copper mining or iron mining up up north especially you know even like i'm i'm lucky enough to have family that were actually from you know scandinavia that actually moved up north because they're giving away free land so a lot of my relatives actually died in the mines and you know it's just wow. kind of it just kind of pays homage to our state in general yeah yeah i don't have any uh ancestry or lineage that that you know has has perished or anything in, in the state of wisconsin it's funny because i'm uh, like the second generation of my family that has been in Wisconsin, uh, not, you know, the, the first was my parents. I mean, yeah. my dad, my dad moved, or was born in Indiana and, uh, my mom in Illinois. Uh, so it's just one of those things that like, I feel super blessed to have, have, uh, migrated to an area of, uh, of the country that is just so, so beautiful and yeah. also uh, just has so, so much rich culture and history. I love yeah, it. Yeah, and like my dad's family, you know, they're, they're kind of no names. I mean, they came from Finland because like the Soviet grip and they wanted to get out of there before things kind of hit the fan. So they moved here, you know, but then I got my mom's family, which are like, you know, the royalty. They probably never got their hands dirty in their life. You know, the J.P. Morgan the family Morgans, branch. Yeah. yeah, the Morgan branch. So it's kind of a weird mix, you know, coming from two different backgrounds, you know, and I'd love to make a name for the Saris because we don't really have much of a name. And you're not going to see my last name throughout the country unless you go up north. I it's mean, the only place, you know. Ardo. Yeah. He's a skater, but he's actually from Finland, though, too. So Remember, he busted his head in that one video. Yeah. What was it? Uh, sorry. Flip Sorry. The flip Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Which is for those of one. you uh, uh, that aren't maybe necessarily into skateboarding, uh, Ardo Sari. A R T O Ardo is uh, of Russ's uh, lineage. Yep, and he's a professional skateboarder for the. He skated for ES. He skated for uh, Flip, and then some other brands too. But uh, he did this massive stare. Uh, it was down. I mean, I what would you guess? Thirty stairs. Yeah, it was forty like stairs. It was insane. He ollied down at least like a forty stair. And uh, he busted his head open because he, he didn't land it. Um, it left him in a, a coma. He was unconscious right on the scene. I mean, it was bad. He was bleeding out pretty bad. Yeah, it was pretty nasty. He lived, but 
pretty nuts. But yeah, that's going to conclude the uh, flag segment. But actually in our main story, like our last origins of pronunciation, we're going to go through some names of some cities that are kind of hard to pronounce. Um, they always have these segments on like Brewers games, Badgers games, Bucks games, where they have players that aren't from our state <laughs> try to pronounce these some difficult of, names. So we're going to help some, you out. Some of these players aren't even from this country. Uh, Ersan Ilyasova, he's from Turkey. Uh, Giannis is from Greece. Yeah. Uh, I mean, some of these players that have tried to pronounce some of these uh, uh, Native American names for, from our state aren't even from this country. So, I mean, right. it, it is beyond their scope of language, first of all. And, yeah, I mean, they're kind of translated by what they heard. So it's it's kind of, like, bastardized. That's why a lot of these are going to be a little different than the Indian language. And but even and as we recognized on the last Pronunciations and Origins uh, episode, some of us are pronouncing the hell oh, out of these, yeah, for sure. you know, improperly. So, it's it's you know, we're butchering the hell out of them, too. Even our weathermen are... You know. So so the first one we're going to go over is Mequon. Um, Ojibwe word that was actually Mequon as a meaning for a ladle. This particular name was decided upon due to the way each river in the area bended in the shape of a ladle. Other speculation of the word meaning has also been feather or pigeon, but have been disputed by historians. Sure. But yeah, Mequon. That makes sense. Yep. The next one we're going to do, uh, a personal favorite to both of us up north, uh, Minocqua. Yeah, I had my first trip to Minocqua uh, actually this year, and uh, my second trip was just very recently, and uh, I love the area. We had a chance to visit the Minocqua Popcorn uh, Company. The um, Minocqua Brewing Company was shut down at the moment, but we bought some T-shirts and stuff in their support uh, and also the uh, Kilwins, uh, the um, Fudge and Saltwater Taffy place. Awesome, awesome little town. I love it. Yeah, you know, the one thing I love about Monaco is, um, so I don't know if you've ever been to the Monaco Brewing Company, but they've been, they've been in a little bit of a heat lately with um, over some signage that they posted out based on their political view, yeah. which, I mean, I respect it completely. It's your own personal choice, you know. It's whatever you choose, well, accept it, move on. And that's, you know, and I know that it's been... Uh, hotly debated as to why, uh, but there is uh, a governing body that says the, the the certain square footage that a sign can be that covers a public you know building or whatever something like that. Um, so they are in violation of that. But at the same point in time, I think that uh, hey, you're a landowner, you can do what you want. Right. I don't think that that governing bodies need to get involved in. A fucking sign. Right, so sign And I don't story. get heated on any of this stuff, and I'm certainly never going to tell you my political affiliation. Yeah, But right. a sign is a sign. Do not deface it. Um, it is there uh, because it's it's your land, and you can do whatever you want. You can put whatever sign you want in your yard. Yeah. So, so I want to tell you a funny story before we move on here. So based on signs and stickers and stuff. So uh, as you all know, I went to UW. Um, so we have to have a parking sticker when you live in Madison. So I was going to visit my girlfriend at the time who lived in Heartland, which I didn't realize they had a sticker law. So the the th- the parking the parking pass for Madison is kind of a bigger sticker, but yeah, it goes on the back corner of your car, so they don't give okay. you a ticket. So I was driving through um, Heartland, and a cop pulls me over. He's like, "You know why I'm pulling you over?" I'm like, "I have no idea. I'm literally going probably because I look really cute." Yeah, and so he's like, "You know, stickers can't be over this this big." And he was going to give me a ticket for it. I'm like, 
you got to be kidding me. Yeah. Like, I, I have to have this sticker to go to school. Yeah, my educational <laughs> facility says I have to have this in my window. And I just could not believe that. Like, it's just it's just complete BS, honestly, to tell you the truth. And I'm yeah. sure he's just looking for a way to get an easy ticket. In, well, and, and quickly, too, while we're on this, uh, as far as, you know, yard signs and stuff go, uh, recently, I would say, uh, this was probably, what, 2016, you say? Uh, there was a politician by the name of Russ Feingold. Uh, he had some really unique signs that were dark blue. Russ is actually wearing uh, a sweatshirt of this because it's his name. And this was neat back in 2016. The, the political sign was just dark blue with the white lettering Russ and the state of Wisconsin outline or whatever you say. And... Uh, he really wanted one of these, and I, I happened to know where I could get my hands on a sizable uh, sign of this, and uh, I, I definitely did take advantage of that. Uh, I did not deface the sign. I merely uh, got the sign. I took ownership of the sign. You commandeered. Uh, I commandeered. This, I was a pirate, if you will. <laughs> uh, and as far as I know, Russ, you still have... I this do. Sign, yeah. It's actually in my in uh, chicken coop. In your chicken coop. In my yeah. chicken coop. Yep. So, so let's go over. So Manaqua. We're Manaqua. going back to. We're going back to it. So just just for for everybody. <laughs> Sorry for everybody. Uh, we're we're gonna go back to the origins and pronunciations. So Manaqua is originally Ninaqua, meaning noonday rest by the Ojibwe. Manaqua is probably the most suitable name for the northern summer retreat town. I'm sure most of us wouldn't mind spending our own uh, noonday rest here. Um, it's a great area. It's beautiful. I, I'm not much of a fan of the touristy areas. I always go up on off seasons when there's not a lot more people there. I just kind of like to go and look around. I like the I like the outdoors more than I like the touristy things. Yeah. Let's just say. And honestly, uh, this is much less the tourist area than, let's say the Dells or uh, sister Bay, anything up in door County. This is definitely less of that, but also uh, it's, it is frequented by our, uh, our armpit of the the South there, uh, our neighbors, uh, whatever you fibs, but it's a beautiful area either way. So the chain of lakes in Manaqua is absolutely fantastic. The colors changing of the leaves, uh, the whole drive up there is absolutely phenomenal. And then there are some absolute gems in that area. We visited uh, a couple of different supper clubs while we were there. Just phenomenal. I love the For back sure. roads. I mean, one one cool thing. I, I, and we weren't really going to stop here. We kind of saw it. We're like, oh, it looks kind of cool. So there's a place up there called the Christmas Chalet. It's like Christmas all year round when you go in this store. Really? It's very cool. And I recommend it to everyone who goes there. I didn't up there. even see that. Yeah, it's great. And the guy who owns the shop actually kind of looks like Santa Claus a little bit. He has like a white beard and glasses. And so like, he's a fat white guy with a white beard. Exactly. Not so, to not to say anything poorly about this man. I, I don't know him, but. No, he, it's um, really cool. It's awesome. Yeah, it's really cool. Like if you're just looking to like get a little hint of Christmas outside of the Christmas season, it's and, really cool. And Russ and I are actually from a town called Elkhorn. Um where both of our families ended up taking, uh, I guess, you know, building our, 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 you know, whole brand in in that area, uh, and, and taking property ownership. But the, the town is, uh, Elkhorn is known as what? The Christmas card town. Christmas card town. Yep. Yeah. So if you go up to the old town square, which is now no longer the courthouse, it's just a police department. Yep. Uh, 
but up in the town square there, uh, across from uh, Moy's restaurant, shout out Moy's, uh, greatest Chinese food there it's is. Very good. Um, but they have uh, these, you know, huge displays that they put out um, for the Christmas season. Yep. And so the next one we have on our list is one that's really hard to pronounce, and actually uh, we featured them, uh, a local brewery from this area, is Oconomowoc. Tough um, one. What was that again? Oconomowoc. Oconomowoc. Okay. The town has... <laughs> I'm just kidding. Oconomowoc. You know, everyone kind of teases their uh, non-local friends, but uh, it actually comes from the word Kunomowoc. Um, it was a Ho-Chunk word that inspired Oconomowoc's name, which means waterfall or river of lakes. An accurate name if you were to have visited the beautiful region. Yeah, and there's, uh, I mean, what seems to be a dozen beautiful lakes in that area. Oh, However, yeah. one of them is uh, uh, Lake Lac La Belle. Yeah, actually um, there's a haunted cemetery over there. <laughs> that, if you're in a creepy yep, shit. That's where I was born. Just kidding. <laughs> 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 a creepy cemetery. Yeah. No, but uh, Lake Lac La Belle, uh, there's uh, a couple of different areas out there, uh, restaurants, bars, and stuff that do some really unique stuff. We will feature some of them on this show. Oh, for sure. Uh, we just recently had discovered uh, a book that was written about different breweries and different uh, bars, historic bars and stuff. So Russ and I are going to put together uh, a, a series that is going to be seasons long, years long, that uh, we will, in, you know, individually pinpoint uh, specific bars and breweries and, and stuff that uh, are historic to the state. The next one on our list is Kenosha. And uh, it's not a super hard one. This one doesn't get messed up as much, but it's, it, as much, but it's debated over whether it's Menominee or uh, Potawatomi origin. Um, but they have agreed that Kenosha is the translation of Ken Nusi, Ken which properly means a place of the pike or pikefish. Which nice. is kind of neat. So yeah. I'd well, we do have uh, a a good amount of uh, northern pike. Yep. In a lot of our lakes uh, throughout the state, so um, this makes sense. All right. The next one we have is Nina. Nina. What was that? Nina. What? <laughs> All right. Cool. Nina. Ho Chunk used this word for water or running water. The name was decided upon when the governor Doty met with the band of the tribe. He pointed to a river, and the Ho Chunk responded with Nina. Yeah, and I think, how they found the name. And I think, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, but Nina is home to uh, a, a couple of notable businesses, right? Um, I believe so. Yes, um, I'm trying to think of them off the top of my head. So if you if you um, walk around throughout downtown of a lot of different cities, uh, Nina can be located on I think different sewer caps because of the Nina Foundry Company. Um, the Nina Foundry Company. Um, it definitely uh, makes a bunch of these different like sewer caps or uh, caps on sidewalks and stuff for uh, different sewer systems or underwater like water systems and stuff. A bunch of different other places as well. I think Kimberly Clark has some stuff uh, in the Nina area, but um, you would definitely have seen this the, the name of the city Nina in many different areas. This next one's highly debated. It's a crazy one, and actually, we I found some information that we are pronouncing it incorrect. Nah. So, okay, so if you hear it on the news, it's pronounced as Milwaukee. Yeah. If you want to know the truth, we pronounce it in the state as Milwaukee, but actually, if you want to know from a historian's perspective, it's actually only two syllables. It's Milwaukee. 
Okay, moi so like ki. moi, like I'm kissing you. Yes, moi ki. And then ki. And okay. that's the true pronunciation of the word. If you're, but I mean, if you heard it on the news, it's Milwaukee. Yeah, and then also uh, Wayne's World. Uh, that was a, a a movie that highly featured, um, the the city of Milwaukee, and it was what Alice Cooper who yep. who said that this was Milwaukee uh, or Milwaukee. Is that what he said? Something like that, yes. The, for the good land. Yep. It actually means, yeah, rich or beautiful land by the Potawatomi tribe. Actually. Got it. Okay. See, he didn't say it was the, the Potawatomi tribe. He, he, tribe. he said it was the, um, oh, damn. It was a city in uh, Illinois. The um, Keep going. So, yeah, if you don't know, um, Milwaukee is uh, heavily influenced by the Potawatomi tribe. Obviously, the Potawatomi Casino. But originally, that's kind of this their their um, land. And original, the original native pronunciation was derived from Manawaki, according to the Milwaukee Sentinel on uh, August 22nd of 1881. But yeah, so if you want to know the truth, we're actually not pronouncing it right. Like if you hear it on the news, it's Milwaukee. If you hear it from somebody in the state, it might be Milwaukee. If you hear it, the true pronunciation is Milwaukee. Wow. So it's just kind of a nuts one. That's incredible. That is, I mean, uh, the, the fact that it's only supposed to be uh the 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 two syllables is uh um is crazy so, so yeah actually algonquin yeah so he originally thought it was algonquin which the algonquin tribe which wouldn't make sense because if you know milwaukee history potawatomi was probably the main tribe settled in the area yeah. obviously the potawatomi casino so they they can actually host casinos and other you well, know, that's the thing. Is, if you tribe. think about for for i guess taxable reasons and stuff and, yes um you know, different tribes have different areas. And so the Potawatomi tribe right here in, in, in Milwaukee, Milwaukee, <laughs> I'm going to start saying that properly, I guess now. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so Milwaukee, 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 depends uh, on who you are yeah, and where you, you're from. Yeah. And, and so. how bad your, your, uh, English is and how bad, uh, your pronunciations are, uh, all of those different, I guess, pronunciations could be, always land us in the right area but the way that it's supposed to be pronounced is mwaki exactly got it and that's going to conclude our second part of origins and pronunciation awesome all right so today's music segment is life in a tree and the song is fake reality now these the this group is an alt pop group uh, originally located in Milwaukee, that's their roots, that's where they're from, and they have uh, since located to Nashville, and they work out there. Obviously, that's like the music capital of the right. world right now, so uh, they, they definitely spread their time or split their time between uh, Milwaukee and Nashville. I wish I could do the same damn thing, and uh, this music is great. Uh, this the, uh, the 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 vocals on this are pristine, clean. These things are phenomenal. Uh, it's like they're professionals. Yeah, and <laughs> and obviously we we like we said we kind of put you know some feelers out. We're trying to get more eclectic music, not just our standard go to. So it's great to have a new genre to feature on our show. Yeah, I mean Wisconsin has such phenomenal music and artists and bands, uh, and and this is just another showcase of. Exactly that. I, I mean, we're not just bluegrass country kind of folk. I mean, this is this is huge. These uh, this this group, Life in a Tree, is just 
absolutely phenomenal. And I mean, their music is great. So uh, again, uh, as always, you know, go check them out. Uh, they're they're on YouTube. They're on Spotify. They they just have phenomenal music. So this is uh, their song, Fake Reality. That again was Life in a Tree, Fake Reality. 
Uh, absolutely phenomenal music. Super, super well-defined, really well-produced. Uh, go check them out again. YouTube, Spotify, Apple, all that stuff. Today, we have a Wisconsin beer review that is from Sprecher. Yeah, so Sprecher, this is called their 414 beer. It is a Milwaukee Pills uh, Bohemian-style lager coming in at 5% ABV. And uh, I don't know if, if anyone's ever been to Sprecher. I know, like, uh, me and Rachel. <laughs> oh, my goodness. These babies are carved. <laughs> this is another one where you kind of had in the fridge a long time. So there's a little bit of uh, yeast activity in the there's can. There's a carved can Woo! right here. Woo, doggy. I'm, All a right. little bit, I'm a little bit wet. I am a little foamy, but it's really well-crafted. Um, you're getting that initial... Um, like lager style come come through right away it's pretty good um it's 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 a fire brewed beer which is really nice it's, it's unique for sure it's unique yeah it's it's a very good flavor so a funny story about sprecher so sprecher is actually located in glendale their main facility and um you know it's a really cool place they actually make a lot of the sodas there pretty much all their beers they have a really good tour um so me and Rachel went to yoga yoga there one time, and uh, we were kind of doing it on a regular basis, one of our kind of staples to go to. And, um, you know, you get done with yoga and you have a couple brewskis, right? Oh, gotta. That's so, what I do after I always do yoga. I'm not, I'm not saying Rachel's last name, but Rachel, so we got done. So you get a couple beers. So we had a couple brewskis, but there was a whole bunch of new beers out, right? And, uh, yeah, Rachel kind of took it in her own uh wing and went beyond the bar and got some more of them yeah so, <laughs> hey, she wanted to try them bartender, all she, right? so we couldn't actually there was no bartender there at the time and then we couldn't get a sampler which which is originally what we wanted to try a few of the new beers that came out because a lot of their beers are very good um they have a lot of experimentals they kind of stay with the times um their beer's really good obviously their soda is staple that's see that's the thing is i've, I've had only a, one or maybe two beers and they're uh um their their soda is what I mostly kind of uh, associate them with. It's like their root beer for sure. Yeah, and they also have the uh, I think it's called the Bavarian Black Lager, which is more of like your German style beer, and it's really good. It's it's a very very dark beer, um, but it's really good. It's very well crafted. I mean, you can tell like these guys put a lot into their um, beer, and uh, I highly recommend anyone going and checking them out. I I believe they started in 1985. Which, you know, for me, I was born in 86, so they were actually around a year before I was born making brew skis. So. I mean, this is an absolutely delicious beer. Uh, I mean, definitely uh, a little darker. Uh, what would you say? What, yes. What's the terminology I'm looking for? Yeah, so it's a it's a Pilsner's, but you can tell it's more like better crafted. It's not yeah. like I don't think they're adding corn to it because you're getting more of the malt flavor coming through, unlike your standard Pilsner you buy. Yeah. So when you buy like a you know a, ch a cheaper beer, you're gonna have like a little corn flavor, and this one definitely doesn't. It's actually, like your your standard Pilsner, and I don't know if a little history about Pilsner is actually started in the, the Czech Republic. Uh, the Pilsners were. Oh well. So, would yeah. you look at that? Yeah, so that's where Pilsner started, and actually, I think there is a town actually called Pilsner in the old Czechoslovakia. So, just a little information about Pilsners. Why don't you go check that out? <laughs> oh man, that was. Great. I am absolutely covered in beer. Yeah, so you know what we're gonna have to do is uh, I'm gonna have to take a picture 
of what we look like post cracking this 414. So a lot of times we don't get to the beer right away. So they have right. like a little yeast activity in the can. So we get a little yeah. bit of carbonation because we buy like six packs and we're always like, oh, we got to try this. We got to try this. So we load up our fridge. Right. But then it sits for so long because we only really do one beer per episode. So yeah. literally we, we top gun to this episode too. Like I'm actually going to take my shirt off right now and play some volleyball in Eric's backyard. Yeah. After I'm going to actually, beer. yeah. Uh, I'm just going to take my shirt off. Hang right. out the rest of the day. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, but, I mean, honestly, this is, again, one of those beers that uh, – just check it out. And, and, and anything Sprecher, check it out. Yeah, uh, and if you're somebody that drinks that domestic beer, it's a great way to branch out because it's the, a Pilsner, but it's not like – the fact this is a fire-brewed – how many of you can say that you've had a fire-brewed beer? Probably none of you. Right. Uh, I mean, unless you've drank, you know, this or, or some other Sprecher stuff, the soda, I think, is all basically following that same principle of fire-brewed. But it's it's one of those ones that it's just it it's a unique flavor. You have to you have to check it out if you're a beer fan. All right, we have another edition of How Many Locos You Got? Woo! Yeah, this one gets pretty serious here. That's <clears throat> so. This one is about an Indiana man. Now I know, right off the bat, you guys are thinking, Indiana, uh, you can't do that. No, I'll explain why. Actually, the article will explain why. <laughs> so an Indiana man whose truck was seen weaving around Interstate 90, 94, and 39 near DeForest, that's up near Madison, yeah, yep. early Sunday was charged Tuesday with his 12th oh, drunk driving. Dirty dozen. He did it. The individual is 55. He is from Crown Point, Indiana. He told Wisconsin State Patrol that he was traveling from Minnesota to Indiana. And, hey, how many of us have traveled from, uh, you know, anywhere to Minnesota and back? Right. We've probably had a couple beers, a couple road sodas, or we've already been under the influence a little bit ourselves. So he said, I had a couple of beers. Ooh, that's code for I'm probably going to jail. Just before driving. So he had a couple beers just before driving. According to a criminal complaint filed by the Dane County Circuit Court, uh, two of the state troopers patrolling together stopped this uh, individual. Uh, the complaint states, after seeing his pickup truck weave in the far right lane of the interstate across the fog line, that's the white line, and then go into the center left lane, the uh, individual's speech was also slurred. Uh, the complaint states that he smelled of alcohol as well. The troopers found a bottle of whiskey. That's not beer. Oh, wow. Yeah, they found a half-consumed beer. Oof. Okay. Right. And they found some marijuana. Nice. He had the trifecta. <clears throat> we hit it. <laughs> oh he hit hard booze, beer, and pot. pot. <clears throat> the old wacky... Tobacco, the old uh, devil's, devil's lettuce. lettuce. You got it. <clears throat> so a search warrant was uh, issued for a sample of the uh, individual's blood, but the result of the test was not stated in this complaint, so we can only go off of uh, what we see here. Of course, uh, we never like to imagine what they're at, uh, blood alcohol-wise. So uh, the Dane County Court Commissioner said during the uh, the, the court appearance, Tuesday that uh, the drunken driving statistics from the State Department of Transportation uh, indicate that as of December 31st, 2015, only 17 people out of more than 5 million in Wisconsin had 12 drunk driving convictions. 
again, only 17 people of more than 5 million uh, had 12 drunk driving convictions. So the odds of someone being in this person's uh, position uh, were slightly higher than capturing unicorn tears in a jar is what the guy said. That's insanity. So... um, the bail was set at about five grand, uh, added that it was, uh, fortunate that nobody died, you know, obviously oh, for sure. that's that. And that goes without saying with all of these, uh, it's fortunate that nobody else is harmed or injured, no great bodily harm, no sort of vehicular manslaughter. We're all just lucky that that didn't happen in this case. Um, uh, it, it's extremely concerning behavior. Uh, you know, getting 12 is, I mean, that's just, that's taking zero accountability for your actions and learning literally nothing from all of the punishment that you've already faced. Yeah. 12, know, Russ, 12. I know. It's still the hard You've part. been fined 11 other times. You have been in jail at least 10 other times. It's crazy. And like the hard part about this one is because you got to convert hard liquor, beer, and pot into a loke. Yeah. You know, that's and the how hard do you part. do that? Yeah, how it's, do you it's do that? so complicated. I mean, we're put in a rough situation here, too. This guy really made it hard on us. I, I really think, you know, if I had to guess, so you got the pot, you got the hard liquor, you got the beer. I Can you know, we separate these, though? Let's let's do this. Yeah, let's, let's do, do okay, this. So ahead. let's say that he started with beer and hard liquor. Okay. And then. So you got the spins going mm-hmm. on? Oh yeah, he's he's drunk. Okay, and then all of a sudden he was like, "Okay, four locos a good idea. I'm gonna have some of these." And then all of a sudden it's like, "Oh, the old devil, devil's cabbage, devil's lettuce is a great idea, right?" You go to the fourth dimension. You're I mean. yeah, you're you're in another world at that point. So where in in this equation he's already had some beer, some booze. He decides to tamper with uh, the old uh, four loc. And then he goes to the to the you know drugs. Lechuga de Diablo, <laughs> as they say. <laughs> I don't I don't speak Japanese. <clears throat> so, I'm willing to to guess that he's maybe only in it a small amount. I yeah. would imagine he's had one can of Four Loco before the the bad decision comes in. Yeah, because they said a half can, so maybe he was just sipping on it. He's like, oh, "I'm gonna go to some hard liquor." Yeah, and the translation for loco, I don't, you know, I don't know though. It might be more. I mean, I don't know. This is a really tough one. So we're split on this. This is the first one, everybody, that we're split on. Yeah. Normally, Russ and I are pretty in in the hmm. same ballpark, but pretty much in the same ballpark. This one, I think, I'm saying he's at a four loco. Is this another unknown loco? This could be another un- unknown loco. Because I actually don't know. I, I literally think if this guy, you know, he's had 12 other, 12 priors. So he's he's a veteran of drinking. And, you know, he's still on and the I'll road. And I'll tell you right now also by the picture, he's a veteran of drinking. He, he he's, got all the, he's got all, he got the, all the signs and symptoms. Okay. Yeah, he's got the skin tone of a idiot drinker. Okay, so, yeah, I don't, I actually don't know. I was thinking a lot higher than four loco. You know, I was, I was almost going to the six can method so like this might be an unknown local for us well and to be honest i'm only thinking of so so like i said i was thinking of separating this if we don't separate it if we think that all of this is just loco i'm with you a 24 he's he's at a 24 Yeah, yeah easy but if we're taking this all as separate things like he decided to almost like gateway you know he he had some beer 
Well, what's what's a gateway? What is beer a gateway of? Well, it's, hard liquor. It's not working fast enough. <clears throat> Go to the hard. Once you once you get past hard liquor, what's the gateway to the next thing? And so that's for Loke. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, this this one's a tough one for us. I, I think I'm going to have to go unknown local because we probably can't come to an agreement on this yeah. one. I think it's going to be an unknown local. This is a, an official unknown loke. Oof. Rough. All right, so I'm here with John, the brewer from Zymergy. Um, can you tell us a little bit about the history of Zymergy and how you guys got started? Yeah, of course. Uh, thanks for having me on. Um we have, on December 1st will be our two-year anniversary. Um, so I have owned this building, uh, which is an old auto shop, uh, since late uh, 2017. So it took a little over a year to uh, build it up to the point where we could have a tap room um, and uh, the area where we make the beer and all, all that. So um, I, I've been brewing for almost 15 years professionally. Um, I'm from Milwaukee area, so I, uh, I was brewing at Water Street for a while back in the day um, and kind of been bouncing around for a little bit. So my goal was always to own my own place. So finally, uh, yeah, about December 1st, uh, last year we basically got to start. So um, a lot of my influences are Belgian beers, German beers, uh, some English beers as well. Um, you know, it's kind of rare. We don't have an IPA on tap. Uh, <laughs> 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 I do like hoppy beers. We have an American Pale Ale and we're going to do a Saison IPA pretty soon, but, uh, and, uh, and then we also have a lot of heavy hitters around here. I do have, uh, quite a few barrels filled up wine barrels and bourbon barrels for some bigger beers as well. So, Oh, cool. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I saw you guys were doing an Oktoberfest and that's like one of my all time faves. I love this time of year. Yeah. It's definitely the holidays for brewers. Um, <laughs> we, had a, we had a big party last year. Uh, we, we kind of toned it down this year, but we, we celebrated just, a couple of days ago, this last Saturday, so it's pretty fun. I, I like making it every year. Um, I do. Uh, we have a seven barrel system here, so that'd be like fourteen half barrels. Um, I only did about. Uh, we have a small pilot system here as well, so I only did twenty gallons this year. Um, but I think next year we're probably going to make a full batch of it and try to. We'll probably get it in some bars and celebrate for many weekends in a row. <laughs> cool. Goal. But obviously, parties have been kind of toned down this year, so. Yeah, it's it's definitely been a, a a weird year for everyone, to tell you the truth. Um, so yeah, yep. I was going to ask you, like, wh- what beers do you guys currently have on tap, and uh, is there any recommendations you would make to the listeners? Yeah, so um, right now we still some of, some of my favorites, I guess. Um, we still have barrel aged Thorzul on tap, a ten and a half percent. Barrel-aged stout. Um, that's from last year. That'll be on for just a couple more weeks, um, and then 2020 Thor's will go on tap. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, one of the more popular beers that's kind of interesting is Afternoon Joe. Uh, Afternoon Joe is uh, basically like a light-colored blonde ale with coffee, so it's a light-colored coffee beer, and we do that on CO2 and nitro. So I was I'm a big fan of like light-colored beers on nitro as well, um, and then. Being kind of like a traditionalist with, with brewing and stuff like that, uh, there's another local brewery in, ta- uh, in town called Nodic, and uh, we've been doing multiple collaborations. So our fourth collaboration was a Pilsner, like a straight-up, nice, easy-drinking German Pilsner. Um, and we kind of decided to make that a permanent collaboration. So we're going to make that again because it's been selling pretty good. Um, so those are kind of my favorites right now. Uh, and then 
uh, cranberry lettuce is coming up. We have some friends that work at the bogs uh, south of here. Um, so we're going to get about 120, 130 pounds of cranberries and make our cranberry voice coming up here. So yeah, be on soon too. there's nothing more Wisconsin than cranberries. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, I know with COVID, things have been weird. Um, do you guys currently have any events coming up? So we used to, before all this happened, uh, we have a stage here. We have our own sound equipment. So we were we were playing, uh, we were having lots of music, like almost every week or two. Um, we were also doing comedy, uh, first Wednesdays of the month. Um, so we were constantly having like little, little get-togethers with music and comedy and stuff like that. Uh, this year, um, you know, basically right after St. Patrick's Day, which it's still weird to me that all this happened on St. Patrick's Day. Um, <laughs> can't make that up. Uh, we haven't done any comedy, and we've done some music, but it's always just like one individual, like just playing a singer-songwriter style, um, not like full bands. Um, we were also getting into death metal uh, quite a bit. Um, not every place will let death metal bands play. <laughs> you, you, you <laughs> talk. You, you're totally talking my language. Like, I I love all kinds of metal. I pretty much listen, I'm pretty eclectic, but I've always got into like the Norwegian death metal and stuff like that. So I love that kind of stuff. Into that quite a lot lately. Shout out to Casket Robbery, which is a good death metal band in uh, Madison area. But um, lately this year, we've been kind of we've toned it all down so much. We have like we had Oktoberfest; it was probably the busiest it's been here. We actually had to call capacity at the door, um, and other, otherwise, you know, everything's been like little customer appreciation parties or just kind of nothing lately, which is kind of a bummer. But but it's the way it is, kind of. Yeah, that's just kind of like the the new norm, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. And uh, our efforts for this winter, because uh, we do have a patio. We build a patio. Um, we have heaters out there, so I know a lot of breweries have been concentrating on that. Uh, we're we're going to concentrate more on packaged goods. Just because we know taproom sales are going to kind of probably be a little low, so we have some new stuff coming out uh, in the future that'll be in nice bottles with wax dipped um, and then we might actually try to get some of our flagships uh, into the stores as well because we and a lot of breweries have to be kind of creative on how to stay afloat you know yeah and and that's just it too like if you don't have like a canning operation it's it's pretty tough to get your beer out there right now i mean even the local places like it seems like you have to bring a growler in and pretty much bail like right after you're done you know yeah, yeah, we're lucky enough to be, um, we just sell crawlers here, like the 25-ounce ones, so we sell those here, and then we're actually in the Menominee Co-op, which is amazing, it's, it's a newer building, it's beautiful, and then also uh, the Co-op in Eau Claire, which is about 25 minutes from here, so it's kind of a good little start. Um, before all this happened, we were we were in about over 20 bars uh, outside of here, so that's gone way down to less than 10 bars, so besides serving our beer here. Uh, up in the Chippewa Valley, we have a beer at a few different places. Awesome. All right, well, before we let you go, we always ask our guest um, a few questions to find out how Wisconsin you are, and uh, I'll, I'll, st- I'll start with uh, question one. Yeah. All right. Have you ever eaten a squeaky cheese curd? Oh, yes. Yeah. It's 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 pretty regular, honestly, for the Wisconsin people. <laughs> but... they're, the, uh, they're the best, Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever tailgated at a Packers, Brewers, or a Badgers game? All of 
Oh, nice. The trifecta. It's, you know, it's it's funny. A lot of guests haven't hit all three. I've been lucky enough. Even my co-host has not been lucky enough to hit all three. I don't think he's been to a Badger game yet, so. Yeah, my mom went to Madison, so as kids, we would go all the time. And then when I got older, I uh, definitely, you know, partied beforehand. And then Packers, for sure. I used to go to opening day pretty often, which is kind of out of control uh, at another yeah. <laughs> park. So, like, as I get older... I don't know if I can do opening day anymore. I really like to like watch the game, so uh, it's it's crazy. But yeah, I've been lucky enough to do uh, to do all three. Awesome. Have you ever wore a cheese hat? Oh, yep, I have. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 another one where you actually don't get a lot of people that wear them. I, you know, I don't have one, but I've definitely worn a friend's. Yeah, I used to have one. I've got, who knows where it went? Obviously, I was probably at a game and lost it, but. Uh, I, I think I, I haven't worn it to a Packers game, funny enough. I think I was wearing it at Brewers game. But, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Awesome. <laughs> All right, here's a Wisconsin one. Have you ever hit a deer? I have come very, very close. Uh, we were driving up to Green Bay. Um, I forget what that freeway is going up to Green Bay, 45 or something. Um, we were right up at Oshkosh, and it, always, it came real close. I screamed. I screamed very loud. <laughs> on the brakes. Thank God it didn't hit me. But uh, I'm, you... I'm amazed, knock on wood, right now, because I do, I've do. i done a lot of driving um, from Milwaukee to uh, Menominee, too, which is four hours, so I'm lucky to not have ever hit one. Yeah, you know, I've only hit one a uh, couple in my life, but it's like that oh shit handle you never use. You actually end up using it when you see a deer on the road here. <laughs> this time of year too it's, yeah exactly this time of year is, is you want to do daytime driving as much as you can yeah alright have you ever milked a cow and have you done one by hand I have not no 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 okay that's not that's that's not an uncommon one actually I, I grew up on a dairy farm so we're pretty we're, we're pretty Wisconsin so I always ask the question just to see have yeah, you ever no no I think I've been to some uh, fairs some state fairs where they like show it and do the display and stuff <laughs> right yeah when I it's pretty much a, a way when you're in trouble you had to go out there and milk a cow kind of thing when I was a kid so not a lot of people have been through that though that's hilarious <laughs> <laughs> have you ever had a true muddled old fashioned yeah and I I like to go to many many different supper clubs and try their old fashions and see how well they do it and there's some pretty good supper clubs around the area up here, so there's, you know, they know what they're doing up here for sure. It's uh, it's something I try to do uh, as my last cocktail if I'm at a place. Um, but that's that's always a fun time. Is a uh, old fashioned on Friday with the fish fry for sure. Yeah, oh for sure. And and talking about that, um, based on like your uh, you talk about the supper clubs, do you have a favorite? Yeah, so up here. Um, North of town a little bit, uh, about less than 10 miles, um, there's uh, Jake's Supper Club. And uh, just lucky enough to have, like, a lot of outdoor seating. So they've been actually having some bands. They have, a, like, a tiki bar thing going outside the big stage. So uh, they've been kind of lucky enough to be able to get away with some uh, some fun times up there. But uh, that it has that Supper Club feel. Um, they do their old fashioned as well, and then I think they have like the uh, prime rib on Saturday. They have like the classic uh, daily specials and stuff like that too. So that would be my uh, 
suggestion up here would be Jake's Supper Club for sure. Awesome. Sounds good. Yeah, I've not been to that one. I've, I, we have it on our little uh, map that we have of the Supper Clubs, and that's one that we've always wanted to do when we're, when we're on our way up north. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Good one. All right, and then I got a question. So for beer brats, obviously you've probably made a few in your life. Um, do you have like um, a Zymergy beer you recommend using to try? Uh, yeah. And so, I mean, the ultimate debate is boiled and grilled or grilled and boiled. That's a big one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, but like, are you talking about to cook with or to uh, yes. drink besides? So, so for me, it's always the grill then to boil to keep the beer flavor in there. But uh, if there's like a, a Zymergy beer, do you have one you recommend? Yeah, I mean, I actually like to keep it on the lighter side, especially if you get a bunch of onions and garlic in there. So right now, I would probably say, uh, probably do the Pilsner. Um, sometimes when you have like a brown ale or something that's just too much, then it's just, it's a little odd to me. So I like, I usually like a Pilsner uh, with a really thick cut onions on there. Um, and then a little garlic is usually, that would be my suggestion, the Zeitgeist Pilsner. Awesome. That sounds good. Yeah, I know. I know. I always hate using a craft beer on uh, brats, but it's kind of been one of the things now just to kind of try and experiment with flavor. So I'm pretty excited to try that one. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, okay. So I got two more questions for you. Um, so a Bloody Mary. Um, how do you make yours? Do you use a mixer? Or do you kind of make it from scratch? Um, I used to make it from scratch all the time, so I would get the canned the canned tomato juice, I forget the the company, and then I would add the spices to it. But lately I've been kind of enjoying trying a bunch of the different mixes, Um, but some of them are super thick. I like trying them, but obviously, you know, add more vodka, make it less thick. Um, (laughs) And then I'm a big fan of, there's always going to be extra Worcestershire that's when you have to like stop before you say Worcestershire sauce. I like, I like it heavy on that for sure. And then, um, I'm pretty much a medium spice person. I don't like it too on fire, but I'm usually going to add a little bit, a couple of dollops of uh, extra hot sauce for sure. So kind of a combination. Yeah, I'm, I'm the same way. Like I, I kind of like to taper it off a little bit because you just get too much acidity just from the tomato. So you add like you know you add a little bit of spice, but not enough where like you're not feeling so good after. But <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, and then if you can get. For me personally, if you can get a stout as your side beer, or you hold a stout, just a little splash of that on top, and it's perfect. Oh, for sure. All right, so I got one more question for you. Um, besides Zemergy, is there another brewery tour, even in the area, that you would recommend somebody checking out, or even just a brew pub? Sure, yeah, yeah. Um, and from listening to your episode before, shout out to Lakefront, because that is kind of one of the most fun tours ever i remember doing a tour a long time ago there and the tour guy literally did like cartwheels while we were on the tour so (laughs) that always seems to be like the most memorable right now up here there's not a lot of uh breweries in the chippewa valley even doing tours none that i could think of i would say lining kugels because they're only 25 minutes from us in chippewa falls i think they have an outdoor tour right now so you can't go in the building but again you know, not not that I drink Lionese products very often, but I would I would almost want to shout out to at least tour wise and history wise, the whole Lion Google facility is kind of cool to check out at least once in your life. Um, other than that, um, 
I mean, I have to probably shout out to, to my other local Menominee brewery uh, at, at Nonick. It's an old train depot um, from the early 1900s, and they just, they're on the uh, historic registry. Uh, they, when they rebuilt it, they did everything uh, to code to stay in the registry, and uh, they even have a, an ordering window, so you don't even have to go inside. You can uh, get a beer through their window. Um, and uh, if you like English beers as well, um, and also beers off the hand pump, he always has that rock, and, and uh, he's dog-friendly as well. We're dog-friendly, too. But So I, I'd shout out to my neighbor in town here for sure. Um, and then I guess side note, Eau Claire area, uh, if you're in Altoona, would be probably uh, would come brewing and beers down there, too. Awesome. Yeah, it's cool. I, I love seeing those old train depots. One of, my, one, one of the other ones I really love going to is uh, Thirsty Peg, and they bought the old Sioux Line Depot. And, uh, yeah, one of my grandparents used to work on the Sioux line, so it's always kind of cool visiting that. But, yeah, I have to check that out. Nice, nice. Yeah, that's awesome. Thirsty Pagans of Brie, I have not gotten to yet, so that's cool. It's, it's, a, it's a way up north beer, but it's, it's, it's like right on the border of Minnesota there, right on the tip, so. Oh, perfect. That's not too far from me. <laughs> yeah, not too bad for your neck of the woods, but, yeah, it's for us, it's, it's quite a haul, but. Yeah, thank you, John. I really appreciate your time, and uh, I, I look forward to coming back up there, and I'm sure my co-host and me will be up there soon, and hopefully we can talk more beer. Yeah, let us know, and uh, we'll accommodate for sure. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. We'll bring some uh, crap brew along. Awesome. Sounds good. Sounds Thanks good. very much. Yep, thank you, John. All right, bye. Cheers. All right, that concludes this episode of Wisconsin Drunken History Podcast. If you enjoyed this vulgar display of Wisconsin, we recommend you subscribe via SoundCloud, Apple Podcast, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. Also, leave us a review on any one of those above-mentioned sites, and we can read one at the end of every show. Follow us on social media, and feel free to reach out, especially if there is a piece of history or weird news you'd love us to share or research, as well as highlight some local artists or music. Our website is projectcapestudio.com. I'd also like to thank my friend and past co-worker, Steph Skibak, for providing us with awesome podcast cover art, as well as the Dangits for intro and outro music, and all of you for listening. As always, watch, watch out, out for deer, deer on, on the way, way home. home.